This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Sunday. Our very first Sunday Troll Patrol show, of course. Changing days in order to make room for the upcoming Friday Night Freak Show. Debuting Friday the 13th. If everything goes according to plan and COVID doesn't just ravage everything, I would love to raid the Plex here in just a little bit. Producer Dave, welcome. RB, West Side. You started off with a message that said, Weed! And I said, Mind if I do. Broke my helix out. I have so many pieces and I'm usually smoking out of the bong. I'm trying to mix it up. Showcase my different glass pieces. Now I'm excited about doing the show on Sunday instead of Friday. The reason being is I think it's going to work much better with the news. Fridays are kind of like a slow news day. Then you get Saturday, Sunday. Sunday is a pretty big news day, considering you have all the Sunday news shows. So usually by the time we get to the Troll Patrol on a Monday night, there's a lot of shit to talk about. So now we're going to be covering the news Sunday through Thursday. I need to change my Twitch. I changed all the other uh, branding on all my other shit on YouTube and everything to where it says Sunday through Thursday. Oh, yes, I did see that picture. I couldn't laugh at it on Facebook because I'm still banned on Facebook for two more days. He might be on Facebook. Apparently, somebody commented, what was it, Thursday night? And they were on Facebook. I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't know this was going out on Facebook. It's not on my Facebook page, though, because I'm not allowed to say anything on my Facebook page for two more days. Yes, I'm actually looking forward to the move. I think it's going to be good for the show. I hope the freak show goes forward like it's supposed to in 13 days. However, Sparkles might be a little mad at me. (laughs) We had a little bit of a fight yesterday, and I I hope she gets over it. It was over chicken sausage. Anyway, we have a fantastic show planned for you tonight. We're going to talk about the Olympian that talks shit about Simone Biles. He threw a shit fit, threw his racket up in the stands. Oopsie. The Aurora police pistol whipped a suspect that was compliant. Wild video. The California uh, Justice Department is infusing, is refusing to investigate a cop shooting. A cop in Texas mounted a black teen and held them down. I think we've got footage of that as well. Plus, we are going to watch a street preacher take a milk bath. Fun! But starting off tonight, of course, the big story. I had been covering all these details leading up to Friday when the CDC released their report. And boy, it don't look good. And I saw several epidemiologists, virologists 
that read the report and said that they felt worse after reading it. So, who boy. This is posted on CNN on Friday. The CDC shares pivotal discovery on COVID-19 breakthrough infections that led to new mask guidance. I'll watch the CNN piece here. It's been called the canary in the coal mine, an outbreak in a popular vacation destination. 469 state residents infected, largely by Delta. And most of those testing positive, fully vaccinated. The cluster of COVID cases in Provincetown, Massachusetts, is now driving new guidance from the CDC. 74% of the overall case. Now, once again, we need to preface this by saying... Vaccinated aren't getting nearly as sick. The vaccine drastically reduces your chances of being hospitalized or getting severely ill. But as you can see, the infection rate in the non-vaccinated has skyrocketed. Cases are among fully vaccinated individuals. And I think that came as a surprise to to many folks that, you know, we were told that if you're vaccinated, you're most invincible. And I think we wrongly, many people wrongly assume that. Local officials. Yes, I think people wrongly assume that. I never assume that. I don't, I don't, I don't know when any expert had ever given us that advice that we were invincible if we got vaccinated. I, the messaging on this has been all over the place. I think the CDC has really dropped the ball. Officials say there have been at least 882 cases linked to this cluster overall. The research showing infected people who had been vaccinated held a similar amount of the virus, also known as viral load, as those who were unvaccinated. Shedding light on the agency's decision to issue new mask guidance, recommending most fully vaccinated Americans wear masks indoors. Unmasking indoors for un- for fully vaccinated people is no longer a safe choice, especially if you have people at home like kids or... I don't think it ever was. ...who are higher risk or who are unvaccinated themselves. The study comes after leaked internal documents showed the virus could spread faster and to more people. We have to get more... And is more virulent. This virus is better at its job than the original... The cluster highlighting the importance of getting vaccinated. Among that Provincetown group, no deaths and only four instances of hospitalizations, two of which had previous health conditions. This Delta variant is, yes, highly transmissible, more contagious, more likely to have a breakthrough infection, but you're not, you're, it's not likely you're going to be hospitalized and you're certainly not going to die. I I do not want the dog about the chicken sausage. Because I was still up at eight o'clock this morning and I decided to make eggs and that and, and one of those chicken sausages and I have regretted that all day. I almost didn't do a show because of what that chicken sausage did to my, my innards. It was indeed a chicken apple sausage. That is what I... It, it was not bad. I will give them... I would have rather had pork sausage. It wasn't a bad sausage. I 
I shouldn't have ate it at 8 o'clock this morning. When I say I ate it at 8 o'clock this morning, I was still up from the night before and really stoned. So I ate a chicken sausage and then went to bed and regretted it. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. That sucks. Oh, no. Sam Cedar. What a fucking nightmare. More than 200 staff members at two San Francisco hospitals have tested positive, most in breakthrough Delta infections. So the CDC report came from the other side. That was from Maryland. At least 233 staff members at two major San Francisco hospitals, most of them fully vaccinated, tested positive for the coronavirus this month, and most, according to, hosp- uh, according to a hospital official, involved the highly contagious Delta variant. Some of the cases were asymptomatic. Most involved mild to moderate symptoms, and only two required hospitalization. Officials uh, said the infection was... The infections were determined to be Delta-related because most samples in San Francisco were tested for the variant, which is now dominant in the city. I did thoroughly cook the sausage. The problem was not my cooking of the sausage. The problem was me going to bed right after eating a sausage, and I have a um, medical condition that causes me to, you know... Eat my stomach acid at night. Especially, especially when I've been getting stoned all night. Yes, my guts hate me. Also, I'm not supposed to have coffee and I still drink the shit. Uh, that's, that's no good. No bueno. About 75 to 80% of the more than 50 staff members infected at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. It's not named after that Zuckerberg, is it? Surely not. We're fully vaccinated. The hospital's chief medical officer said in an interview on Saturday, the University of California at San Francisco Medical Center said in a statement issued on Friday that 153 of the 183 infected staff members had been fully vaccinated. Yeah, Justin does know how to cook. That is is not something you can uh, you can accuse me of. Dave, you're from the area. Is the Zuckerberg Hospital named after that Zuckerberg? Surely not, right? No fucking way. That's disgusting. The statement from the UCSF Medical Center said that two of the infected staff members required hospitalization. None of the infected staff members at San Francisco General have been hospitalized and most had mild to moderate symptoms. Meanwhile, in St. Louis, yeah, the Zuckerberg Hospital. I'm appalled. That shouldn't be the most appalling thing about reading that story. But I am indeed appalled by it. All right. Some chuckle fucks in St. Louis decided to go and protest the mask mandate at a city council meeting. Guess what happened? 
Delta virus, that's Delta variant. That's the problem. That's why the mask mandates were put back in place in both the city and the county earlier this week. Well, then on Tuesday at the county council meeting, you had a number of people who were maskless, who were voicing their protest over those mask mandates. Then yesterday, the city health director announcing that someone who had attended that meeting had tested positive for COVID-19. He was recommending anybody that attended the meeting quarantine for nine days and monitor your health. That indoor county council chamber was a packed meeting on Tuesday. Many inside were unmasked, as we said. Acting St. Louis Health Director Dr. Frederick Eccles is going to talk about the quarantine recommendations. Over the past hour, he held a press conference for... We are indeed fucked. You know, Missouri is sitting at a low vaccination rate of just 49% compared... I don't know what else I can tell you about the chicken sausage. I, it was, a, I ate a chicken sausage. I got the acid reflux. That's all there is to it. Compared to 50, 57% nationwide, that's according to federal data. The city health director says they are working with the county to identify and notify close contacts of that individual who tested positive for COVID-19. Now, they are recommending if you attended the meeting on Tuesday that you quarantine for the next nine days and monitor your symptoms and earlier this morning. You are correct that changing my diet would help me with those issues. But like, I'm not going to do it. Like, life is not worth living to me if I can't eat the foods that I've come to enjoy. I have a very... Like, I don't eat processed foods. Like, I cook almost everything from scratch, but a lot of starch, a lot of uh, fats, a lot of of creamy, cheesy shit. Everything I cook is, like, soaked in cheese. Sausages. I didn't want to buy chicken sausages. I wanted to buy pork sausage, and, and... it was Sparkle's birthday. She told me she wanted chicken sausage. I said, but you love pork. What the fuck? She told me she wanted chicken sausage and turkey bacon. So I got her chicken sausage, turkey bacon. She didn't eat it, though. I can, I can fucking rock some chicken parm. Guys, you're going to make me hungry. I haven't been able to eat yet because of my stomach issues today. And we've got like two hours of news to cover, motherfuckers. All right, back to how, you know, we're all going to die within the next year. Morning, Dr. Eccles had this to say. Uh, high enough for this shit. Uh, as we looked at some of the media um, that was gathered during that, uh, during that event, um, there was a lot of individuals who were not wearing face coverings. Um, and so the likelihood that it could be uh, that, uh, that several individuals could. It is not my chicken parm, though. That is an Alton Brown recipe. So, of course, it's an amazing chicken parm. Been exposed and potentially infected um, is, is uh, something that we're really concerned about. And so <clears throat> because we're not able to uh, um, identify the individual's movement um, over the course of that event, um, our recommendation, as was issued yesterday, is for everyone um, who attended the event uh, to quarantine for nine days. Dr. Eccles also mentioning anyone who is unvaccinated, recommending they do so, get that vaccination shot. In Clayton, Patrick Clark, Fox 2 News.
I don't, and like we've been inundated with the stories of people that are like, oh, I wish I'd gotten vaccinated and then they died. There's too many of them to go through. There's the uh, Valentine, the radio host that was a conservative that was mocking vaccines, who is now on a ventilator in the hospital. Still, even though, and after the outbreak at the city council in St. Louis, there was a vaccine fair. I think it was during a state fair. Officials set up a mobile center at a Missouri fair to boost vaccinations. No one showed up. No one showed up. Snatched up the traditional corn on the cob, funnel cakes, and corn dogs. But this year, county leaders also hoped fairgoers would flock to this mobile van for something a bit unusual, a COVID vaccine. Every single vaccination. Well, that's why, I, curiouser, I think Fauci has actually come out and said it over the weekend during one of the news shows. That he, like, what, what's it called? Endemic? It's it's something we're, we're just going to be living with from now on. We have to, we have to curb it. Which, that's what it was with the flu. The yearly flu that we suffer with now, like it was originally a pandemic and then like our bodies uh, developed the immunity to it. But like, my God, I'm still, and and the CDC mentioned this in their report on Friday, or it might've been uh, the CDC director, Rachel uh, or Rochelle Rolinsky, that... It could mutate if vaccinated people keep sharing it around. And we found out vaccinated people carry the same exact viral load that unvaccinated people carry. We're fucked. We're fucked. That is my biggest worry is that it's going to mutate into something more deadly. Now, most viruses mutate to be less deadly. There's a less than 1% chance that a virus mutates to be more deadly. But when you give something that has less than a 1% chance, millions of chances, you are ensuring that it's happening. Counts at this time. COVID-19 cases are still rising here. The Delta variant is also spreading in St. Charles County. Deaths have slowed down. Um, we are not seeing the number that we were um, in in the last fall or last winter. Still, in an attempt to curb the disturbing upticks, county leaders rolled in this mobile command post, hoping it will encourage unvaccinated fairgoers to roll up their sleeves. If we vaccinate one person, that's wonderful. Um, If we vaccinate 100 people at an event, that's even better. Currently, 49% of St. Charles County residents are fully vaccinated. Now, county leaders were hoping the big fair would swing that number upward, but it did not. It's disappointing. Disappointing because after spending two days at the fair, their COVID awareness crews didn't vaccinate a single person. I am surprised by that. I wish more people would get vaccinated. So does the more than ready. Not one. They'll hit two more county events Saturday. We're just going to do our best to reach as many people as we can. Robert Townsend, five of your side. Don't assume anybody's gender in the chat. In New Orleans, they are saying they are overloaded. 
Berlin's EMS can't keep up with calls due to the COVID-19 surge as the mayor has restored the mask mandates. This is, this is an interesting one. This is a separate piece from the article that we're reading, but some COVID-19 patients think they are being lied to about their diagnosis. Amy Matson struggles to breathe. What's this is the power of right-wing fucking propaganda. Exhausting. Uh, extremely frustrating. Tiring. And the fact that I am here now, I am furious with myself. Why? Because I was not vaccinated. Not anti-vaccine. She says she just didn't get around to it. The 44-year-old is now one of dozens of COVID-19 patients in Baton Rouge's Our Lady of the Lake Regional Medical Center. Her oxygen low, her doctor says she might need a ventilator. I just don't want anyone else winding up like me, especially when the vaccine is so easy to get now. The Delta variant now prevalent in the Bayou State. Not only is it enormously infectious. The Delta variant is far more contagious, right? But that viral load doesn't just mean that I'm going to spread it to more people. It also means that when I inhale somebody else's breath, I am getting a massive amount of virus. It is spreading everywhere in cities and rural. The amount of virus determines how sick you get. You should be vaccinated and you should have a mask on because we are inundated with COVID. Ronnie Smith, 47, says he thinks he got it from a friend outdoors. Outdoors at a barbecue. He was planning to get the vaccine when COVID-19 got him. About two days after the uh, event, it just like I'd, uh, I went down on the floor and I, I couldn't get up. Nurses here say they've watched the number of critically ill patients grow rapidly. Some anti-vaccination patients still in denial COVID-19 is real. Some people insist that we're lying to them about their COVID-positive diagnosis. Even sick people. Even sick people. Who need oxygen, who might be on their way to death, are still denying they have COVID. Yes, I have patients that deny that they have COVID. Cogdis is a hell of a drug. Um, What do they think they have? They think that they have a cold. Carson Baker, only 21, has a kidney condition. Her doctor has advised against getting vaccinated for now. She thinks she picked up the coronavirus while in a screened-in porch across the room from someone else who had it. What does that tell you about how easy it is to pick this variant up? Yeah, it just kind of sucks because people like myself with an autoimmune disease, you can't really go anywhere now because just everybody's getting sick and it just doesn't matter what you do. Lori Douglas has been in nursing for 35 years. The last year, her hardest. Frustration with I bet. and the unvaccinated at boiling point. Sometimes praying isn't enough and yell at Jesus if I need to. Um, it's head shaking, teeth grinding, knees tight, standing up, just wanting to scream from the hilltops. Frustrating. Miguel Marquez, CNN, Baton Rouge. Louisiana. I well that was that was my deal is like I waited until it was open for everybody and they were because I don't go outside because I don't interact with people because I work from home I waited until they were you know worried that they were going to be throwing away doses before I went and got my vaccine that was the beginning of May 
I've been fully vaccinated since, you know, like June. Oh, shit. We got a caller. Caller, you're on the Troll Patrol. What's going on? Caller, you're on the Troll Patrol. What's going on? Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. What's going on over there? Just doing a little news. What are you doing? Oh, we're just hanging out in Cape Cod, having a good time. That sounds awesome. Here, hold on a second. I uh, I think I need to do this. Getting a little bit of an echo. Still there with me? I'm still there. Awesome. What do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, can I? What kind of? What's your favorite sandwich? If you don't mind me asking. My favorite sandwich. God, that's a hard one. What are your thoughts on tuna melt? I, I like a good tuna melt. Okay. Um, I like I like a uh, I like a club sandwich. I'm a very big fan of like a turkey club. What's your favorite sandwich? Peanut butter and jelly. Oh, a, a old school peanut butter and jelly. Heck yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday to you. I know that cake, but Am I gonna get in trouble because Disney owns the copyright to that? It's happy birthday. I think I lost him. Well, that was an interesting phone call. I'm glad I got to, to sing happy birthday. If it was the, the little girl's birthday, happy birthday to you. Make, make that young lady a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You can't go wrong with one. All right. So, you guys want to hear from a anti-mask mom who has decided to pull their uh, kid from school over the mask policy. Not all schools are instituting mask policies. It's rather hodgepodge. It seems like more are making it optional than are actually requiring masks, but apparently this lady uh, from Georgia lives in a district that is reinstating a mask rule, and she's got thoughts on it. Tell us how you decided to come to this decision. Um, I decided to come to this decision because, number one, I do not co-parent with my school board, I do not co-parent with the CDC, and I certainly do not co-parent with this administration. Um, uh, Our schools have zero authority to be imposing health mandates over our students. Um, I, I compromised last year. They actually do. They allowed our students to go back into the building, and I compromised, and, I, and many parents did, and we put the masks on our children. 
um, but no more. Here in Georgia, we have numerous large districts that are... Now, don't think for a second I'm not going to follow this with a couple of stories that, you know, might make someone change their mind if they wanted to listen to this lady and uh, her opinions on the matter. Still keeping their masks optional. Um, and, you know, Gwinnett is demanding the same, so much so that we actually filed lawsuit yesterday against our school district. What, um, tell, maybe give me a couple of examples of what uh, you heard when your kids got home from school last year when they were wearing masks. Like, what was the impact on them? You know, my youngest child is, uh, she was born with a cleft lip and she's a craniofacial child with um, a lot of craniofacial abnormalities. So we have spent thousands and thousands of dollars mm -hmm. in order for our child to breathe. And, mm -hmm. and for her to come home and pull her mask off and just take a deep breath and say, Mommy, I can finally breathe. Mom well, at least I, I thought she was going to go to like, I spent a lot of money to fix her face so she could show it off. That's where I thought she was going. I mean, my head hurt all day. Um, my other daughter, she is going into fifth grade, and she she explains to me how she feels like when people wear masks, none of the kids talk. They don't socialize. Everybody is uh, feels isolated and acts isolated with the mask on. Um, that she misses uh, lunch in the cafeteria, sitting next to her friends, playing on the playground. Um, our children are are sacrificing so much. We all miss doing shit. I miss going to concerts. And, um, you know, Georgia has received over $4 billion in federal funding and mass mandates for our school districts is tied to that funding. And we mm. believe that it's not parents that are being are motivating or I'm sorry, it's not it's not genuine concern that is motivating our... You are wrong on that one. People fucking reminisce about those square fucking pizzas. I don't know why, but like, there are actually like a, like, people that go and buy them from the supplier to make the fucking square pizzas at home. See? See? Now, in Murray, Kentucky... They are actually delaying the start of school. Probably a smart move. I would assume we're going to see more uh, districts do this. The Murray Independent School District is postponing the start of the school year because of COVID-19 in the community. Callaway County is in the COVID-19 red zone with 29.3 average daily cases per 100,000 population over the past seven days. Callaway County Health Department reported 32 new COVID-19 cases on Friday, including seven positive tests from Thursday and 25 from Friday. In Atlanta, a school district opened this past week. Guess what fucking happened? Atlanta school quarantines more than 100 students in the first week of classes. Now, we're going to see a whole bunch, I think, Schools here in my state start this Wednesday. An Atlanta Charter School will quarantine more than 100 students after two students and two employees tested positive for COVID-19 in the first week of classes. Drew Charter School started the school year Tuesday with more than 90% of its nearly 2,000 students learning in person. By Thursday, students identified as having close contact with those who tested positive began to quarantine. 
Because a significant number of 8th grade teachers are also in quarantine, students in the 8th grade class are learning virtually until August the 10th. Within two days of opening, they had to quarantine kids. I, and it's not so much there is danger with people getting it, and if it spreads like wildfire, there are a certain number of people that are going to die. But like the burden that it puts on these parents and the teachers to have to constantly like, oh, we're going to go in now. Oh, we're going to have these mask mandates. Oh, now we got a quarantine. Just do it virtually. Go ahead and make the plans now. Go ahead and put the procedures in place before it's absolutely necessary. Why can't we have forethought in this country? The days leading up to the first day of school, Drew tested more than 1,900 students and staff that resulted in catching three additional positive cases among students before they entered campus and two more staff cases. I felt like this was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen this fast. Uh, I don't know who said that. I can't. Tribute that quote. Meanwhile, you're still seeing a deluge. Yes, yes, you're right. The virus is not done mutating. That's why we should quit giving it the opportunity to mutate. That's my thing. Because what happens if Six months from now, it is mutated into something more deadly, and we have to lock down all over again. You're going to see more businesses go under. You're going to see more suffering. Can we just do the right thing and be precautious? Georgia's small businesses are still facing a major labor shortage a month after state leaders ended extra federal unemployment benefits in an effort to stimulate the job market. Oh, wow, it didn't work. Georgia's Labor uh, Commissioner Mark Butler told Channel 2 uh, investigative reporter Justin Gray that he stands by the decision to end the benefits. What a jackass. said it was the right step, but also acknowledges that Georgia businesses are in a very difficult spot trying to find employees. A new study looking at data from small businesses found essentially no difference in overall hiring numbers between states that ended the benefits like Georgia and those still paying. So it didn't do what they said it was going to do, and it resulted in unneeded suffering. Fuck. Speaking of unneeded suffering... I've been yelling about it for the past couple weeks. The eviction moratorium expired yesterday. I showed you guys the data that showed where states that ended the eviction moratorium last summer saw a 50% increase in COVID cases. 
Now, the federal eviction moratorium has ended as of yesterday. And we have the more contagious, more virulent Delta variant out there. Activists went up to Nancy Pelosi's house and served her an eviction notice. Great. So we have an eviction notice for the speaker today. It says, Dear Speaker Pelosi, I think this happened yesterday. Yes, some states did extend it. And Congress has gone for six weeks. The House recessed for six weeks. Housing is a human right. Hashtag eviction moratorium, hashtag eviction crisis. So we'll be serving this eviction notice to Nancy. And we know for a fact this is going to cause cases to rise. So we have an eviction notice. But luckily we do have some representatives that are standing up for the common people. Representative Cory Bush sleeps outside of the Capitol to protest the end of the eviction freeze. I don't know if this is a video piece on it. I wanted to explore their story. Oh, fuck you and your ad. I, I can't imagine that they won't be called back into session. We are going to need legislation from the House to deal with the concurrent crises that we are facing in this country. COVID's not the only one. Their rent could soon come home to an eviction notice with that federal ban expiring tonight. Members of Congress are demanding action that's not likely to come. Our Christina Ruffini has more from the White House. Good evening, Christina. Good evening, Adriana. As you mentioned, House Democrats just didn't have the votes to extend that eviction moratorium, prompting one lawmaker to take her protest outside the Capitol. What good are you then? This is not okay. We cannot just allow humans, seven million of them possibly, to over the next few weeks be sent out to the streets. I didn't know Senator Warren was out there with them, so good on her. Representative Cory Bush was joined by Senator Elizabeth Warren. We've got 11 and a half hours for the CDC to step up and say... We're going to extend the moratorium. Our states and our localities need to push the money. Now, the Biden administration, we're operating under the assumption of the Supreme Court ruling that they would strike down any eviction moratorium that wasn't passed by Congress. That was in the SCOTUS decision. My, my viewpoint on it was, go ahead and fucking do it. Let somebody challenge it in the courts. It's going to have to work its way through. At least look like you're doing something for the people. Money out that money has to be released. But the White House says a recent Supreme Court decision prevents the CDC from approving another extension. And House Democrats Just said that. didn't have the votes. The longer it takes to finish, the longer we'll be here. Meanwhile, on the other side of the steps, Democratic and Republican senators are working to hammer out a bipartisan deal on infrastructure. Fancy word for bridges, roads, transit systems. We'll talk about that tomorrow. I still think that's going to be torpedoed. They might get the bipartisan bill passed. The $1 trillion bill. We are 
finalizing the last couple pieces of legislative language. Lawmakers say they'll grind it out through the weekend and try to get something concrete before the August break. They keep saying they've got a deal. I've been hearing this for weeks. Har, har, har. And then they don't have one again. Now, even if the Senate can get that bill together and get it passed, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said she won't bring it to the floor for a vote unless it's accompanied by a bigger Democratic budget bill. And it's not clear if Senate Democrats who can't afford to lose a single defection have the ability to get that done. Yep, because uh, Cinema and Manchin have both said they will not support it. Now, Ilan Omar was one of the lawmakers out in front of the steps. They didn't show her, but she was there with Cori Bush. She's also pushing for a new guaranteed income bill that would send $1,200 monthly to most Americans. Representative Ilan Omar is set to introduce bold legislation on Friday that would create a guaranteed income program in the U.S. to send $1,200 a month directly to most Americans. The Support Act, co-sponsored by progressive lawmakers Reps Cory Bush, Pramila Jayapal, Dwight Evans, and Jamal Bowman, would first create a $2.5 billion grant program to fund local pilots in guaranteed income. These would run in hundreds of communities across the country from 2023 to 2027 and provide findings for a national program. The National Guaranteed Income Program would start in 2028, sending $1,200 per month to adults, making up to seventy-five grand a year, or the heads of household making up to $112,000 per year, as well as providing $600 monthly per child. The payments would phase out for higher incomes. Importantly, undocumented people who file taxes with an ITIN number would be eligible. The legislation would also establish a banking system through the Postal Service for unbanked, underbanked, and individuals experiencing housing, housing instability to receive payments. Fantastic! All of these things needed to happen. Poverty is a choice. For too long, we have prioritized endless growth while millions are homeless, hungry, or without health care, Omar said in a statement. We as a nation have the ability to make sure everyone has their basic needs like food, housing, and health care met. She is correct. And that is why they hate her. Also, a proposal to limit the work week to 32 hours. That's always been one of the things that I have been behind staunchly for over a decade now is that we need to limit the work week. Anything you do to limit the labor pool drives up the cost of labor, and that is a good thing. U.S. lawmaker proposes groundbreaking legislation that would reduce work week to 32 hours. U.S. Congressman has proposed legislation that would reduce the standard work week under federal law to 32 hours instead of the current 40-hour work week. Rep. Mark Takano, a Democrat from California, introduced H.R. 4728 on Tuesday, and the bill was referred to the House Committee on Education and Labor. 
legislation would amend the Fair Labor Standards Act, which establishes the federal minimum wage, overtime pay laws, and other work standards. Currently, non-exempt employees get overtime for hours worked over the typical 40-hour work week. Exactly. You do $1,200 a month and almost the entire... Almost the entirety of that money is going to be injected back into the economy, if not the entirety. The data is clear. Giving poor people money is a good thing. And it needs to be a multi-pronged approach. Just give people money. And also, we need to invest in infrastructure, which creates jobs. Also last week, AOC uh, totally dismantled the Texas voter suppression laws in a hearing where they had the representatives from the Texas State House that fled the state. What AOC had to say, I think this happened on Friday. Like the Jim Crow that you grew up in and were born into. Absolutely, Jim Crow 3.0. This Occupy Democrats piece has this now, Representative Thompson hip music under it. In the era of Jim Crow, is that correct? Yes, it is. Now, briefly, what were some of the voting limitations that you know of that targeted black voters during the Jim Crow era? The black code was one of them because it denied African-Americans the right to vote. And then after that came the poll tax. Mm-hmm. And the poll tax stayed even after the law was uh, 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 ruled unconstitutional, remained uh, until 1966 in Texas. Now, Representative, and, and it's important to know that until 1966, we had apartheid in the United, racial apartheid, known as Jim Crow, in the United States of America. Now, the remnants of America, which still exist. As you noted, that includes a polling tax, correct? Still yes. permeate our society. Stringent voter ID laws back then, correct? Yes. Citizenship, ship. Te- yes. uh, checks, correct? Uh, difficult hours to vote during Jim Crow, correct? This, this is some of that CRT that the Republicans are so against. Right. And you had uh, the, the normalization of white supremacist voters monitoring and... Congratulations on the ex-wife. ...polling locations during the era of Jim Crow, correct? That's correct. Now, had- let's walk through some of the dangerous measures proposed by your Texas state Republican colleagues and supported by Governor Abbott that mm-hmm. they're trying to enact today. So the proposed Texas bills, SB1, HB3, would set new ID requirements so voters must provide their driver's license number or if they don't have one, the last four digits of their social security or signed affidavit, correct? Right. Now, they would also ba- place a ban on the distribution of mail-in ballot applications, correct? Correct. As well as monthly citizenship checks. Monthly citizenship uh, checks for voter registration, correct? Correct. They would also ban extended hours during early voting. Is that correct? For those persons we call essential workers who helped us during the pandemic, yes. And the proposed bills today, right now, will create an array of new criminal penalties and requirements for folks who assist voters at the polls or people who assist uh, assist others planning to vote by mail. Is that correct? That is correct. These bills would then expand the authority of partisan polls. You're you're exactly right. The GOP is 100% antagonistic 
to the idea of education. CRT is just a new boogeyman, a buzzword, something they can slap on a bumper sticker. Shit that they can say in a two-minute hit on Fox News. People run with it. It's a catch-all phrase for anything dealing with uh, racial issues. Watchers by granting them, quote-unquote, what is known as free movement at a polling location, which could allow... Because they're implicated, Arby. No training coming in your area. Representative Thompson, this sounds an awful lot like the Jim Crow that you grew up in and were born into. Based on your lived experience, would you say that these these uh, proposed voting laws are remnants of Jim Crow? I shouldn't even say remnants, revivals, an attempted revival at Jim Crow? Absolutely, Jim Crow 3.0. And would you agree that SB1 and HB3 are systematic measures to impede uh, your community, black communities, Latino communities, and, and uh, wide variety, including as Ms. As Representative Presley had noted, a dis- disabled Americans, the constitutional right to vote, yep. as was done in the past. Yes. Now, if I might happen to have some conservatives in the chat right now, I can tell you, if you're not against these, you're on the wrong side. How do I know? Because Willie Nelson is against these. Willie Nelson, Beto O'Rourke, rally to support Texas Democrats in D.C. State Senator Brian Hughes stood at the center of a small group of conservatives rallying Saturday morning in front of the Texas Capitol. Microphone in hand, Hughes touted Senate Bill 1, the Republican-backed voting legislation he authored, that Democrats found so odious that they broke quorum and left Texas last month to halt its passage. But the East Texas Republican and his conservative supporters were up against considerable star power Saturday. Willie fucking Nelson, former Democratic presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke, and the Poor People's Campaign, a national civil rights advocacy group, held a rally capping a four-day voting rights march that began Wednesday in Georgetown. Never smoke weed. is adorable not just not just adorable fucking she is a powerful woman and that is that is she's a strong intelligent takes no shit from nobody woman and that that is what I admire about her that's that's what I look for in a woman but uh the right get emasculated by women like that Uh, I would assume not. Or maybe maybe the Democrats are uh, cutting them a deal. Tax thing was, what, 30 fucking years ago. That's why I had to do all those Taco Bell commercials. Hughes and the Republican National Committee had scheduled their own gathering to counter, uh, to counter Beto O'Rourke's sham voting rights march, the committee's news release said. The Democratic process will eventually work out, Hughes told the American statesman, Our Democratic friends will come back, we'll debate, we'll vote, and we'll pass Senate Bill 1. I can't tell you when, but that's going to happen. And once again, it's for a problem that doesn't exist. Voter fraud is virtually non-existent. 
tell me it's not to try to limit the amount of people that can vote. Aurora's rally was, in part, a show of support for the 57 Democratic Texas House members who fled to Washington, D.C. to avoid Texas law enforcement and keep the quorum broken until the end of the special legislative session. Last month, House Republicans voted to authorize the use of arrest warrants, if necessary, to compel absent members to return to the chamber. On July 22nd, as Aurora gifted House Democrats $600,000 to continue their Washington stay, many House members asked the former El Paso congressman to use his network to hold rallies in Texas and build momentum against the voting legislation authored by Hughes and his GOP colleagues. For a march organized by the Poor People's Campaign, who does amazing work, look them up on social media. Follow their shit. And donate to them if you can. The Poor People's Campaign. Four-day march organized by the Poor People's Campaign began Wednesday morning with a Georgetown to Round Rock leg, then picked up again Thursday uh, with about a 10-mile walk into North Austin that was joined by the Reverend Jesse Jackson, the political activist and former Democratic presidential candidate. The final leg of the march uh, brought the crowd to the Capitol on Saturday morning, where the Reverend William J. Barber led the group up to the stage where Nelson would play. I'm also, I'm glad that they had these pre-made signs that say, in the filibuster. Because that's one of the things standing in the way of passing the federal voting legislation that would prevent a lot of these state laws from doing damage. This is Senator, State Senator Brian Hughes. A savory looking individual. But hey, who am I to talk about looks, right? I'm sure people look at me and go like, that's not a savory individual. All right, let's all this opinion piece. In the hill, I think it was this morning. Apparently, Chuck Todd made a comment about the liberal bias, which I can tell you. <laughs> Media bias is a complex topic, and it tends to favor the conservative viewpoint, the status quo, the neoliberal order. Because that's 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 what a lot of people confuse is we're living in this this weird fusion of like there's virtually no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats on economic issues. It's all in the margins on social issues, the shit that they pander about. And the media upholds this very conservative viewpoint when it comes to economic issues. But Joe Concha, an opinion contributor to The Hill, thinks that Chuck Todd is dead wrong. Liberal bias defines modern journalism. Don't think for a second. I don't have uh, some pieces that go behind this to illustrate my point. BC political director Chuck Todd argued this week that media bias does not exist. 
the Meet the Press moderator declaring that the industry needs to join him in fighting back on what he characterized as just a GOP talking point. Media bias does exist. Todd is wrong on that point. The GOP is full of shit, though. Like, what when they accuse... Oh, it's leftist bias in the media. They're full of shit. That doesn't occur. Republicans have been running on there's a liberal bias in the media, Todd said in an interview with The Verge. If you say something long enough, there are liberals who say there's a liberal bias in the media when you see polling now. We should have fought back better in the mainstream media. We shouldn't have accepted the premise that there was a liberal bias. Absolutely. And I I have been fighting back. Liberal is such a weird word, though. Once again, there's a neoliberal order to our media that they protect. What I have a problem with is the right saying it's a leftist bias. So very much to unpack here from the guy who will never be confused with the great Tim Russert, who held both sides accountable without smugness during his run at the helm of Meet the Press before his far too early passing. Question, if media bias doesn't exist, if it's just conservatives uh, making it up out of uh, thin air, how do the following facts exist? Let's let's check out these facts. New York Times, the so-called paper of record, has not endorsed a Republican presidential candidate dating back... 14 elections to 1956. Well, yeah. All your Republican candidates have been fucking horrible. Of course they haven't endorsed them. Washington Post, once home to Woodward and Bernstein, and the winner of 69 Pulitzer Prizes, has never endorsed a GOP presidential candidate in its history. I don't know when the Washington Post started. Is it semi-modern? Was it in like the 40s or 50s? It's a weird thing. Well, first of all, he's accusing liberal bias, liberal bias in the news section. The people, um, the people on the editorial boards aren't the news section. Those are two completely different sections. They're giving their opinions. So, once again, it's a right-wing critique that's, you know, full of shit. Oh, this Joe Concha guy, uh, he's a real piece of work. Like, all he does is write uh, entitled think pieces in stupid right-wing publications. And how would Todd explain this Axios survey monkey? Uh, pff, fucking Smokey threw me off there. And how would Todd explain this Axios survey monkey poll, which partners with NBC News, finding that 79% of those in the middle, independents, say news organizations report news they know to be fake or false, at least sometimes, in order to advance a narrative. But that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, say which way because we all know the famous story of weapons of mass destruction yes the media bias is towards sensationalism and not dealing with issues of class structure
Let's take a look at this. This was a segment that is apparently pretty wild that happened on Fox News. It's going to feature Geraldo, Sean Hannity, and Dan Bongino. I think we're on the topic of the Capitol riots here, and Geraldo is going to speak some truth to Hannity. This should be interesting, and I'm going to assume none of us are high enough for this show. Trust me. All right, joining us now with reaction is the host of Unfiltered with Dan Bongino right here on the Fox News Channel, also now a nationally syndicated radio host. Boy, does he look like a pleasant individual. Uh, all right, Geraldo, if Hi. they want a commission, uh, I would like, I'd like questions answered. We now have videotapes showing that people prepositioned weapons around Washington, D.C., evidence that this has been planned by some people. Are they going to get that question answered? Can they answer the question? Yes, it was planned by the right wing. Like, why was the... There's a New York Times piece they released a couple of weeks ago on the six-month anniversary, and you can see, like, all the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters. They've got radio communications. You hear their communications with each other from the night before as well. It is very clear that they had what they were going to do planned out. The police chief, the Capitol Police chief, denied six times when he asked for assistance, both before this even began and as it was happening. Can they explain why they didn't anticipate potential problems and what role they did? Nancy Pelosi, the sergeant of, uh, at arms, had none in preparing for such moments. None. Nancy had none. First of all, Sean, let me say how nice it is to be back with you and uh, my friend Dan. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a very uh, erudite discussion tonight. I I can also. I think he's being facetious when he says that. I think you've been. With all due respect, and I love you, gaslighting, changing the subject. The subject is January 6th and what happened to the United States Capitol and why it happened. Those two things, the fact that the Capitol was targeted and that the prime instigator, the one who unleashed the mob, was the president of the United States. For God's sakes, Sean. Geraldo, you just made an accusation against me. We're friends a long time. Wait a minute. You just... Geraldo came in hot. We are one minute and 42 seconds into this eight minute and 16 second clip. Geraldo came in hot. was like, Sean, you are gaslighting, which is true. Told me I'm gaslighting I, I accused that, that, the president no, no, no. of the United no, no, no. States. No, no, no. Gaslighting. That, the, the, you the president, said, the the president said that, changing the subject. Many of you, th- let me quote him. He said, many of you will now peacefully and patriotically March to the Capitol so your voices will be heard. Now, you say that I'm changing the subject. I am saying that a riot is a riot, and if it's wrong on January 6th, as I believe it is, then... And as he was saying that, New York Times piece again, as he's saying that, they had the video synced up of the cell phones in this crowd, and people are like, take the Capitol, take the Capitol, yeah, we're going to storm the Capitol, yeah! The 574 riots that took place that Democrats were silent about, why isn't there a commission on that? We lost 25 people. 
thousands of cops were injured. Police stations burned to the ground. Oh, this is this is back. Police stations were burned to the ground by the same fucking groups that were there in Washington, D.C. committing that violence. Yes, Sean. Investigate that shit. Let's see how the right-wing groups that were doing the violence during the summer were connected to January 6th. I'm with you, Sean. Businesses looted and burned to the ground. The door. I heard a peep out of them. I think a I want to see some doors in my chat. They're comparable to me. You and I stood shoulder to shoulder. They're not comparable. It's a false equivalency. Condemning the rioters, condemning the looting, Where's and the condemning commission? the Democrats for ignoring it. But Sean, where is the commission? The president- Who was ignoring anything? What what the fuck happened that hasn't been prosecuted? By mob rioters. He should- Can you motherfuckers give me a specific instance? Sean Hannity said burning down police departments. That was the Minneapolis fucking police department. And that was the right wing boogaloo boys. I can show you where the feds are prosecuting them currently. So I don't know what you're talking about should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. That was Kevin McCarthy on January 13th. The mob was fed lies. Okay. They were provoked okay, we by the president that, and other I, powerful I understand people. Your position. And they tried to use fear and violence to stop a specific proceeding of the riots always of the wrong. Which they did not like. Riots always wrong. Come on. No. No. Sean, how come I'm consistent and I'll condemn riots in whatever form they take? And how come the Democrats were silent? How come they were silent? Kamala Harris was complicit by aiding and assisting the bail reform? Yes, she was raising bail for people who were unjustly arrested by the police departments when they turned violent on the crowds. The people out in the streets were marching in favor of the Constitution because they believe that the cops violate their Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights. Bail money raising like you, for I people supported involved in it. I supported President Trump until the period following the election, leading okay. up to the despicable events of January sixth. On Fine. January sixth, he did we something you on for, for your which opinion. he owes Dan the American Bongino. people, the world, and history. Oh yes, let's 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 hear from Dan Bongino for sure. We need well, answers Geraldo on is, these five. Um, we need yeah. answers on all of it, Geraldo. Uh, but Dan Bongino. Yeah. Geraldo's wrong uh, on both fronts, profoundly wrong. Um, how the president, I, I have his transcript of what he said, we're going to go march to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically is inciting a riot, um, is, is quite confusing. I, I don't know if you need a, th- a thesaurus, a dictionary. I, I don't know where you get, why you're just making that. I said, as they were chanting in the crowd, we're going to take the Capitol. Woo, yeah. You can go watch the footage, Bongino. Goddamn, right-wingers are morons. That up. I mean, I don't understand. Like, the narrative goes back and forth between this was a planned insurrection to then Trump incited an insurrection, despite the fact that Trump said go march peacefully and patriotically. It's both. It's both. You're making that up. And I, and I, you know, I was a friend to President Trump. Well, with friends like you, you know, who needs enemies? I mean, that's being... And it's, it's clear we know from the details that came out from the fucking books. There were like three that came out in the last couple of weeks that have painted the picture of exactly what Trump was trying to do, why the military was worried that he was going to do exactly this. 
We know that Trump was involved. We know that it was pre-planned. It is worse than what than what we know of right now. I think a lot of shit is going to come out during this commission. And, and then secondly, this comment you made about, you know, listen, this is about January 6th. Listen, I have been like Sean and everyone else. Let me say again, for the record, any violence against law enforcement, I absolutely in unequivocal terms condemn. Everybody got yep. crystal clear. I was a cop. No excuses. But you know what I find odd, Geraldo? The Democrats don't seem remotely interested in the insurrection that happened in the White House during the BLM riots when my Secret Service friends were texting me saying, you have no idea how bad it's getting here. I, I serious- and, uh, yeah, and apparently there were Secret Service agents that were rooting for Trump inside the Secret Service. And that when Biden got his detail, like he brought back somebody that had retired that he could trust from back in the Obama administration. Holy fuck. Like some of the details that are coming out about the transition are just mind boggling. And like, I I really hope that they have taken out those elements of the Secret Service that were supporting Trump. I don't disagree, with, I don't no, no, disagree no, no. with that. But Geraldo, can you let me just finish my point? I don't point, disagree please? with I really, that. I, I don't disagree with it. Can you just let me finish my point? No, but I'm just suggesting to you that these things matter too. And Sean's point is not to diminish the violence on the 6th. His point is yes, to it, we're going to discuss political... No, 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 no. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. It is to dismiss the violence on the 6th. And to paint the, the civil rights protests against the totalitarian state and the cop killings as something that they weren't. Oh, God. This is... Do you think we're stupid? Do you think we're fools? Oh, but I'm just suggesting to you that these things matter too. And Sean it was the Antifa. Diminish the violence on the 6th. His point is to say, if we're going to discuss political violence as a problem in this country, as a principled issue, then let's discuss it all. Not just the ones you think benefit you politically. I'm done. But, but how do you explain Kevin McCarthy days afterwards saying the president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters? That's that's Kevin McCarthy saying that. That's not me. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president, says Mitch McConnell, who was the majority leader of the United States Senate at the time. I mean, these these are these are two leading Republican that changed their that chickened out. But they chickened out because the Republican Party wrapped itself around President Trump. Yes. Geraldo, but that you didn't get to my okay. point. Though. It, you still haven't. You you deflected to Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell without addressing the core of the issue. The question I asked you: How does telling people to march peacefully and patriotically? How is that inciting a riot? You understand that? Is is fucking Trump? He talks out of both sides of his ass. He never says what he means. Jesus. It's no sense at all. Well, I don't know where you're getting that. If if I I, I believe. In the bottom of my heart, that the depths of my sincerity, that the president knew what was going to happen. Yep. I yep. The president. Want <laughs> so you're you're saying those wait a minute, Geraldo, this is important. Yes. You're saying the president. You're saying he encouraged it. 
He knew what was going to happen. He wanted it to happen. It's exactly what happened. We And I think we have all the evidence to support that. The president saying peacefully and patriotically <sighs> so your voices will be heard. You're just going to ignore that? And that's why he said it. That's why the pe- that's why the piece of shit said that. So he's like, I I didn't do it. I said march peacefully and patriotically. I didn't incite it even though I fed them full of the bullshit. That's the whole reason he said that was to give himself the deniability. Was Blimey piece of shit. Did you see what happened? Did you see who was in that crowd? Did you see how many? What, what I did. Peacefully and patriotically. Guard. What part of that is confusing? Because it doesn't make sense. Sean, you have Kevin McCarthy on the show on a regular basis. Mitch McConnell. I got leading that. What part of peacefully and patriotically it's con- it's convenient is, un- is, is, is confusing to you? And Liz Janey by Look at this smugness. This was an embarrassment. This will live in history, what happened on January 6th. And I listen, I think I absolutely believe that I agree with that 100 percent. And and the fact that that the liberals are allowing all these minorities to kill each other. In this ghetto civil war. Let's call call, for a commission to end violence wherever it happens. Every Monday, I announce the body count in Chicago, in Philadelphia, in New York. Right. In I gotta go, guys. Yeah, Geraldo is still a, a, a piece of shit. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't pull that shit on me. Oh God! But hey, here is Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. He was on on Newsmax. And uh, apparently he's still referring to Trump as if, you know, they have an active cabinet and Trump. Because there's these QAnon fucks. There's actually a conspiracy theory where they think that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been in Atlanta. And that they were on Tyler Perry's set. Like it's a, it's a it's a replica of the White House, <laughs> and that Trump is actually still in the White House. So, th- like that's the audience that Mark Meadows is playing into here, and referring uh, as it, referring to themselves as if they're still in administration. I break any news from your meetings with President Trump? <laughs> well, we met with some of our cabinet members tonight. We actually had a, a, a follow up member. Uh, uh, meeting with some of our cabinet members and as we were looking at that we're looking what cabinet at what, uh, does come next I, i'm not uh, authorized to speak on behalf of the president okay but i but i can tell you this steve uh we wouldn't be meeting tonight if we weren't making plans to move forward in a real way and with president okay. trump at the head of that ticket Chief, do you want to break any news from your meetings with president trump <laughs> well we met with some of our cabinet members tonight we actually there, have- so there you go They're moving forward in a meaningful way. Meanwhile, in Arizona, the audit has ended. Botched Arizona GOP's ballot count ends. Troubles persist. Arizona Republicans' partisan review of the 2020 election results. Damn it, AP. 
got off to a rocky start when their contractors broke rules for counting ballots and election experts warned the work was dangerous for democracy. The auditors stopped the counting and returned the ballots this week. It hadn't gotten better. In the, in the last week alone, the only audit leader with substantial election experience was locked out of the building, went on the radio to say he was quitting, then reversed course hours later. Review's Twitter accounts were suspended for breaking the rules. A conservative Republican senator withdrew her support, calling the process botched. And the lead auditor confirmed what was long suspected, that his work was almost entirely paid for by supporters of Donald Trump, who were active in the former president's movement to spread false narratives of fraud. All this came nearly 100 days into a process that was supposed to take about 60 days, according to the Senate Republicans who launched it. And it's not over yet. Contractors are now producing a report on the findings that could take weeks or more to write. Turmoil casts even more doubt on the conclusions of what backers describe as a forensic audit, but what experts and critics say is a deeply flawed partisan process. Not even a shred of being salvaged at this point, said Senator Paul Boyer, the first Republican state senator to publicly come out against the audit in May. They botched it at so many points along the way that it's uh, irrecoverable. Boyer's opposition became less lonely last weekend when another Republican, Senator uh, Michelle Uginti-Rita, one of the legislators' strongest advocates for stricter voting laws, agreed there agreed that the Trump audit was botched, along with all 14 Democrats. A majority of the Senate, which commissioned the audit, is now against it. So, way to go, Cyber Ninjas! At least you raised about $5 million off of it. Also, news out of Trumpy World... The Trump tax returns must be released by the IRS to Congress. That's the new memorandum coming down from the Justice Department. Now, I saw a headline that said that Trump had already filed a motion to uh, stop the release. I could not verify that. I saw it on Facebook. I looked for a secondary source and could not find one. But I would not doubt that sometime this week he files some sort of lawsuit to try to prevent his tax returns from being released again. But apparently legal experts think it will also fail and the tax returns will be released, but it's still probably going to be a matter of a few weeks. Tax returns of former President Donald Trump must be released by the IRS to Congress, the Department of Justice said on Friday. The DOJ's Office of Legal Counsel said the Democratic-led House Ways and Means Committee had made a request with a legitimate legislative purpose to see Trump's tax returns with a stated objective of assessing how the IRS audits president's tax returns. Nine-page opinion is a reversal of an opinion by the same office during the Trump administration, which had backed the IRS's refusal to give the committee Trump's returns. Under federal law, the tax-related committee of Congress have a broad right to obtain taxpayer information from the Treasury Department, the IRS's parent, the new opinion noted. The statute at issue here is unambiguous. Unambiguous 
upon written request of the chairman of one of the three congressional tax committees, the secretary shall furnish the requested tax information to the committee. All those committees cannot force the executive branch of the government to compel disclosure of that information. The opinion noted that tax returns should be denied to the committees only in exceptional circumstances and when, the, and when that request lacks a legitimate legislative purpose. The opinion said that the OLC went astray in 2019 by suggesting that the executive branch should closely scrutinize the committee's stated justifications for its requests in a way that failed to give due respect and deference to the legislative branch of government. Which, of course, has oversight of the executive branch. Of oversight, apparently there is none in California. Where cops shot and killed a teen who was only carrying a BB gun. Content warning fuckers, I'm sure this is going to be gruesome. I don't think we have video, but we do have pictures. The teen, that is a BB gun in his hand. Apparently the cops were well aware that it was a BB gun. The Salinas, California man called 911 one night in July to report that his neighbor had pointed a small black handgun at him. The caller added that the weapon might just be a BB gun, according to the Monterey County District Attorney. Cops were also aware that the indigenous Mexican neighbor, later identified as 19-year-old Geraldo Martinez Chavez, may have been drinking or using drugs. After just over 30 minutes later, an officer from the Salinas Police Department shot and killed Martinez Chavez, who pointed his BB gun at police. We passed California law, the Deadly Force Accountability Act, requires the State Department of Justice to investigate fatal police shootings of unarmed civilians. But the agency declined to look into what happened to Martinez Chavez since the teen was holding a BB gun that both resembled a real weapon and was capable of inflicting harm. The neighbors told the police department it's not a gun, it's a BB gun. Even the 911 call had that. Around 8 p.m. on July 16th, 911 dispatchers received a call from Martinez Chavez's neighbor who said he'd been attacked and vandalized by the team before. Six minutes later, the first uniformed officer arrived on the scene, and at least three officers showed up shortly afterward, according to the DA. At 8.35 p.m., police positioned two marked cars near Martinez Chavez's home one of them 50 feet away. Officer Mario Reyes, who fired the shot that killed Martinez Chavez, positioned himself behind that car with a patrol rifle fixed toward the teen. Made several attempts to get a phone number for Martinez Chavez, who was holed up inside his home. When they couldn't obtain one, they used a drone to monitor him. Ow. Officers later tried to verbally command Martinez Chavez to come out with his hands up, but he didn't comply as he likely didn't understand. Police were trying to speak to him in Spanish, but the neighbors who called 911 told the officers on the scene that Martinez Chavez was not a Spanish speaker. The station says Martinez Chavez spoke the indigenous Mexican language. Zapotec? I'm not saying that wrong. I have never heard. 
indigenous Mexican language. Indigenous pre-Columbian civilization that flourished in the valley of Exada in Zapotec. I said it right. The DA's account of the incident doesn't mention the potential language barrier, and the police department did not confirm to Vice News that the neighbors communicated one to them. The Monterey County District Attorney's Office told Vice News that their investigation into the fatal shooting is ongoing. Oh, shit. California to Texas. Also, needing a content warning. This one we do have footage. Texas cop mounts a black teen. Fucking shit. What the fuck is that? First of all, how old is he? He's like 19 or some shit. That's like sexual assault. This is bullshit. It looks like she's kind of laughing at him. Kaya, calm down. I might be wrong about that. A cop should never be allowed to fucking touch a kid like that. She's literally just walking. Well, because the cops are on a power trip. Yeah, she's not laughing at him. She she is like hyperventilating. Fuck this dude. Why why do they have handcuffs out? She has not done anything. And then you are on her rock. I need your fucking badge number in your name. Record his fucking shit. Please do. Oh. Calm down, Kaya. Just calm down, everything. I do not encourage that kind of behavior, but like he know that he didn't give a fuck. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a, I might, you know, cheer it on though. Just terrorizing a kid for no reason. What they are doing to her is far worse than anything they could have possibly accused her of.
18-year-old Nakia Trigg had 911 called on her on Tuesday after she was spotted in a Forney, Texas neighborhood for taking to what eyewitnesses seemingly thought was suicidal behavior. Wait, what? They thought she was suicidal? Namely, allegedly walking in front of cars in what some took as an attempt at self-harm. As Coffin County Sheriff's deputy is said to have shown up shortly thereafter and seems to have physically intervened, which is where the video starts. After Nakia's family members showed up on the scene and started recording a chaotic seven-minute-plus episode with officers. Oh, my God! They took down the mom, too? Fuck! Pointing his goddamn taser at other kids. getting a call about somebody possibly hurting themselves they're completely innocent you are terrorizing them this is a violation of the constitution cut and dry there is no excuse for any of this Like it, well, it's been fucking ninety degrees. He's scary. He's scary. He's scary. He gotta be a rookie. This must be his first day on the job. He's scary. Oh shit, we got a kitty. It's okay. It's okay. How do you know there's no good cops? No cops slammed like that motherfucker's head to the ground. Just chill, Kaya. Chill. If there were good cops, then a cop would have been arrested there. Family disputes the characterization of what Nakia was doing from the outset, insisting she was simply walking across the street. Although body cam footage uh, the Kaufman County Sheriff released gives some context of what happened before. And Nakia does indeed seem distraught from the get-go, but things escalate quickly 
with Officer Morton. Okay, so we have the actual okay? body cam footage now. What are you crying for? Well, here, come talk to me. Well, fuck no, if she's upset, the last person she needs to talk to is your dumb ass. God damn. What's wrong? How come you're crying? And you're barefoot. Where do you live at? What What's your address? 55, so I'm out at Rambling and Rustic with that female. What's your address? She's just walking around the neighborhood. Make sure you're okay. I'm okay. <laughs> okay, well here, hang on. Just slow down and talk to me, okay? No, do not put your hand on her. <laughs> he answered your question. Why the fuck can't she? <laughs> okay, can I call my mom? How old are you? I'm 18. You're 18? Where's, where's your mom live? Can I call her? I don't you, want you to hurt me. You can't walk off. I'm not going to hurt you, okay? But you, can't, you, you, can't, you can't walk off like that, okay? I don't want you to she absolutely can. You can't stop her. You can get in the grass. It's fine. So we got a call that you were jumping out in front of cars. So no, I, can't I wasn't. Let, I can't let you go walking off on okay, me now, okay? Okay, can I go home? Well, where do you live? I want to Okay. Like, and even if she's walking in front of cars, this is like a residential area. They're supposed to drive like 10 miles an hour. I'm not going to hurt you, okay? Okay. Stop pulling away. Stop I don't want you to hurt me. away. I got to put you in handcuffs, though. Why? This is a violation of her civil rights. You hurt me already. You hurt bullshit it happened just a few days ago deputy in question is on administrative leave as the department investigates in their press release over this they claim multiple calls came in reporting the same thing that Nakia was clearly trying to hurt and or kill herself by jumping into oncoming traffic I mean I, I dispute that because I don't see how you could do that in that neighborhood. I, she just seemed to be walking and crying. Gotta hit the content warning again for this one. This one's from Aurora, Colorado. Police body cam video shows Aurora cop strangling and pistol whipping a trespassing suspect. At least there's been charges for the cops. Let's. So here's the body cam footage. Get out! Get out! Oh, what did I do? Get out! Oh, what the hell did I do? 
fucking trespassing. Like in the middle of the day, it looks like it's a like a parking lot of some sorts. Roll over on your face. Roll over on your stomach. What did I do? Over on your stomach. What did I do? Yeah. Over on your stomach now. Okay, okay, bro. Okay. okay Roll over on your stomach. Okay, bro, don't shoot me, man. Get on your stomach. Yeah, I do. Roll, Roll on your stomach. Am I gonna go? Yes. On your okay. stomach. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. What the hell? Put your hands out in front of you. There's no reason for him to have his gun hands out. Hands out in front of you. What the fuck, dude? Hands all the way out. Okay, what is, dude? Hands all the way out, 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 out in front of you. Okay. Straight out in front of you. Okay. Dude, you have a gun pointed straight no, at your head. No, I don't have a gun. Why am I going in cuffs? Stop. Why am I going in cuffs? You have a warrant. Stop. No, I don't. I don't have a Stop gun. Stop fighting. Bro, I don't have no warrant. You guys are the wrong guy. I don't have a warrant, bro. Stop I don't fighting! Have a I don't... Stop fighting! Help! 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 What the fuck? That is completely uncalled for. Get on your face! Get on your face! Okay, okay, okay. Get on your face! He was compliant. He didn't even. The other two ran. Okay. Get on your face! On your face! me, bro. Like I, I, I don't understand how you can trespass in a public area like that. It looks like they were just biking around. Like there's, there's the bikes. This is absolutely uncalled for. Does that give you the power to, to like make commands? I don't really, I'm not on Twitch because, like, I don't know how Twitch works, really. No. Like, because I'm going out on multiple platforms. Like, I'm not actually on Twitch at the moment. You move, I will shoot you. Do it. Do not move. I didn't do anything. That's just, it's, it's insane. Don't move. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. I can't read the article now. I've got some kind of fucking pop-up. I can't make it go away. Fuck. Officer John Hubert, 39, faces charges of attempted first-degree assault, second-degree assault, felony menacing, official oppression, and first-degree official misconduct in connection with the arrest of 29-year-old Kyle Vinson at about... Here's the close button. At about 12... Or about 2.15 p.m. last Friday, according to an arrest affidavit filed against Hubert. Images from body cam footage show Hubert repeatedly strike Vincent's head with the butt of his department-provided gun and squeeze his throat, causing the man to cry, beg for his life, and nearly faint. This is not the Aurora Police Department. Aurora Police Chief Vanessa Wilson said at a Tuesday press conference. This is 
criminal. Now, this is not the first time the Aurora Police Department has been under scrutiny. If I'm not mistaken, isn't this the the police department that killed Elijah McClain? The like the teenager that was walking home from the convenience store and they o- OD'd him on ketamine? Incident started as a trespassing call at about 1.30 p.m. where Hubert and Aurora police officer Francine Martinez detained Vincent and two other men wanted on felony warrants. As Martinez attempted to place one of the men into handcuffs, he and another man freed themselves and ran away. They successfully fled the scene and remain at large as of Tuesday afternoon. So the actual people with the warrant, they let get away. Dude that was completely innocent not doing anything, they beat the fuck out of him. Wow. He then tried to place Vincent into handcuffs, telling the man to roll onto his stomach. We we know what Police have since clarified that Vincent was wanted for felony strangulation in connection with a domestic violence incident in Denver. Though he likely didn't know there was a warrant for his arrest, as it may have been tied to a probation violation. What? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, they're trying to slander him. Holy shit. Just wanted to let you know that it was for a strangulation. It was actually perhaps a probation violation. Their officers eventually responded to the scene and one officer shot Vincent in the leg with a stun gun. Police officials said it was determined Vincent did not sustain a concussion in the incident following C, uh, CAT scans. While receiving medical care at the Aurora Municipal Jail, Vincent reportedly asked a nurse for medication intended to mitigate the effects of opioid withdrawal. That didn't... Poor dude! Oh my god! Yeah, yep. Yeah. Police they arrested the cop that did it? Look how egregious it had to be. They sure are trying to slander the guy. Fuck. You want to talk about the Olympics? Apparently that shit show is still going on. Remember all the jackasses that were talking shit about Simone Biles? Well, this uh, Novak Dojovic... He was one of them. Let's hold on. I've got the quote. Pressure is a privilege, my friend. Without pressure, there is no professional sport. If you're aiming to be at the top of the game, you better start learning how to deal with pressure and how to cope with those moments. Novak Dojovic's racket ends up just like his Golden Slam dreams in absolute ruins. Serbian superstar's racket received the brunt of his temper tantrum during his loss to Spain's Pablo uh, Carina Busta in a bronze medal match. We've got video of it. I deal with pressure, my friend. 
Dojovic's antics earned him a verbal warning from the umpire. His defeat in Friday's semifinal to Germany's Alexander Zverev ended his dreams of winning a uh, Golden Slam. Dojovic won the Australian and French Opens and Wimbledon this year and will compete in the U.S. Open that starts in August. After the defeat, Dojovic withdrew from the mixed doubles bronze medal match, citing a shoulder injury. You gotta learn to deal with pressure, my friend. Oh, shit. Now, apparently, there was a sexual assaulter on one of the teams, and the rest of the team protested them. Remember, I know nothing about sports. I'm, I'm catching up on all this shit with you guys. U.S. Olympic fencers wore pink masks to protest against their teammate accused of sexual assault. Three fencers on the men's U.S. Olympic team were wearing a pink mask when they arrived Friday in Tokyo for their opening match against Japan. But the coordinated masks weren't a coincidence. They were planned... They were a planned protest by the trio against a teammate accused of sexual assault. Uh, sources close to the team told BuzzFeed News. Photos shared on social media showed three of the four athletes of the men's Epe team? I'm not looking it up. I don't care enough. Wearing pink masks while teammate Alan Hadzik, who was under investigation for sexual assault, wore a black one. The disdain was clear, one source told BuzzFeed News. So there's a picture of the team. Good on them. Epi? I thought that was like a pen you shoot yourself with if you're having like a sort of allergic reaction. Now, another fact about the Olympics found was cool. The gold medals at the Tokyo Olympics are just 1.2% gold. All of them are actually made out of recycled materials. During the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, uh, the gold medals also contained about 6 grams of gold, though the medals themselves were about one-tenth of a pound lighter than those given out in Tokyo. Only the silver medal... At this year's games, which weigh the same as their gold counterparts, are made entirely from their namesake. Medals were made from recycled cell phones. I yeah, I didn't know that. I don't know the discrepancy between pay gymnasts. I I would assume that it probably makes a lot more money. And produced all 5,000 gold, silver, and bronze medals for the Tokyo Games using recycled electronic devices like cell phones donated by people all over the country. That's really cool. If they had to have this disaster a festival, at least they did that. What's not cool is the fact that Japan is going to be losing a shit ton of money. Olympics primed to lose 30 billion with no way to recoup losses. 
Each Olympic game since 1960 has overrun its budget by 172% on average, according to the University of Oxford study. However, economists believe the Tokyo Olympics will cost around 400% more than its original budget. Most of it will not be able to be recouped. Not like the Japanese people didn't protest it and try to make sure it didn't happen. I love the video of the woman shooting her little squirt gun at the Olympic torch. Finding a postponement, a pandemic, and a summer games that were already running well over budget before the pandemic made the 2020 Olympics one that could lead to an $800 million taxpayer bailout is forcing Japanese taxpayers to bear the cost for an Olympics that barely one in ten of them wanted to happen. In addition to the Tokyo Organizing Committee accruing billions in debt, Smith College Economics Andrew Zimbalist, author of Circus Maximus, economic gamble behind hosting the Olympics and the World Cup, told the Post he predicts the Organizing Committee spent $35 billion on the Summer Games a far cry from the $7.3 billion of its initial budget. By the way, I saw somebody in a comment section say that the Olympic rings were racist because the yellow stood for the Asian people and the black stood for the African people. Now, obviously your next question should be, well, which people do the blue ring stand for? What blue people? So I looked it up to see if that was actually true. It's fucking not. Somebody just made that shit up. They apparently represent the different colors of the flags of the nations that are represented. Makes way more sense. I'm going to assume the person that said it was a right winger because they were a moron. Just like this street preacher in the UK. I don't know what he did. Hold on. But he got his comeuppance. And an altercation in... Queen Victoria Square. The altercation in Queen Victoria Square had been brewing for quite some time. A group of young people had taken issue with what the man was saying, which was believed to have involved the LGBT community. Ah, so he's being a bigot. Kind of figure, but I wanted to get the full story. This is Street Preacher right here. Oh yeah, Ricky's cool as fuck. We raid him sometimes. I'm wondering if this happened recently since a lot of them are wearing coats. Might have happened 
some time back. I don't see any masks either. But hey, how often do I uh, find a video of a bigot getting something dumped on them? I wanted to watch it. I used to go up to the street preachers at my college and argue with them. Uh-oh, I see the, I see the milk. Deserve to get milked, buddy. The LGBTQ community is pretty loving and welcoming. It was published July 31st, 2021. So when it actually happened. One witness, a man who said he was whole, uh, holidaying in Hull, when he came across the scene, said police officers arrived just after 2.30 p.m., and the man left the scene in the police van. The man was seen shouting while he stood on a bench as a group of angry onlookers shouted back and taking offense to the comments. Recorded video footage of the incident, including one young person waving the pride flag toward the man in the moments leading up to it. Got a milking. Now, the Nazis over here in America are into that. They think, like, the milk represents the purity of the white race and shit. They drink a lot of milk. Bad name. All right, you know how we end this, bitch. You know it's going to be an animal video. Bear runs into Tennessee restaurant, then meanders along sidewalk beside the visitors. It happened in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. <laughs> Oh people running towards the bear. Uh, the bear coming out? I saw people running and I'm like, what is going on? Bear ran into a Tennessee restaurant Friday afternoon, according to visitors who witnessed the incident. Be it crawdaddies in Gatlinburg confirmed the bear had run up the front staircase and entered the restaurant, but quickly turned around and left. He wasn't all that hungry. Or it wasn't enticed by your food. Here's a picture of the bear just wandering down the street. I, I'm i assuming they're pretty domesticated around Gatlinburg. Yeah, the people don't seem to be phased by the bear. <laughs> Visitors can be seen running toward the restaurant with their cell phones out. Crawdaddy's employee said the bear knocked... Someone over outside. Though information on the person's condition is unclear. Ambulance was called to the area according to Gatlinburg police. Bear sightings in the Gatlinburg area are not uncommon. In March, a man visiting Gatlinburg took this video of a bear lounging. I think we might have watched this video. Let's watch it. Hi, welcome back. Take a look at this for a moment. You know, TWRA says bears have recently... No, I don't remember seeing this one. Well, this, is <laughs> this particular bear wanted to take a soak in this particular hot tub. 
and climbing in there. Georgia native uh, Todd Traboni tells us that he was visiting Gatlinburg when, when he saw the bear climb into the hot tub. This happening on Saturday morning. Beautiful shot there from the desk. That's cute as fuck. Job bears. After that long nap, this is a good way to kind of get things going. Now, Twitch, take notice. That is a hot tub stream that I would watch. Like, this is the Smoky Mountains. So, like, it's it's a giant, you know, it's like a national park, right? The Great Smokies. Gatlinburg is a very touristy area. May, bears were spotted scavenging trash cans at a gas station. At the time, officials with the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency had reminded people that Gatlinburg is part of the bears' natural habitat and roaming the area. The agency encouraged people to stay bear aware. <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it. I'll let the agency encouraged people to stay bear aware. On its website, the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency also shares plenty of guidelines and general things to know for locals and visitors about keeping safe in the bears' habitats. Southeast is home to about 72,000 black bears, according to Bearwise. I do highly recommend anybody that has listened to this has never been to the Smoky Mountains. It's beautiful. Gatlinburg is cool as fuck. It is a fun place to go. Go rent you a cabin up in the woods with one of those hot tubs. You will enjoy it. I've been many times. All right. If you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Echoplex. Right on time, too. Ready to start up. I'm going to go make some food, but you better believe it is not going to be a one of those damn chicken sausages. That is not what I'm cooking tonight. All right, guys, go ahead. Light one up. Tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.